Okay, we're reading today from Acts uh, chapter 9, verses 10 to 19. There's a disciple uh, at Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to a street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man from Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he's praying. And he's seen a vision of a man named Ananias come and lay his hands on him, so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much evil he's done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all those who call upon your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he's a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for my, the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And laying on his hands, he said to him, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking some food, he was strengthened. Well, good morning, church. Pat here. I hope you've been enjoying our vision series thus far. I mean, let's take a few minutes and, and recap, you know, what we've heard. Uh, three weeks ago, Spencer, he, he reminded us that the Bible is this unified, continuous story that culminates in Jesus. And we saw how Jesus himself uh, laid out this idea, disclosed it to his disciples on the road to Emmaus. Uh, Luke 24, 27, you know, Spencer reminded us that beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in the scriptures all the things concerning himself. And then two weeks ago, Dave reminded us that we as the Christian community, we're to live out as family. You know, we care for each other. We support one each other. Each of us adds our own skills and our passions and our personality to make up this single mosaic. And this unified body made up of many parts is the pillar of how we live out our lives as, as Christians, as part of a local church community. And then last week, Cam, you reminded us that we're disciples. We're disciples learning to do like Jesus. And when people see us, they should look at our lives and we should reflect that of Jesus. People look at us and they say, same face. So why is all this important? Well, it's important because the story is not yet complete. You know, remember how we often describe it? We describe it as the already but not yet. You see, we know what's coming. We know that the world is going to be made new and it's going to be recreated. Jesus is going to come back victorious, but we're not there yet. So what do we do? How do we fill out this not yet period? Well, we fill it out by proclaiming the good news of Jesus to a lost and dying world. This is our mission. This is our purpose. And Jesus summarized it like this. So this is in Luke 24, 46 to 48. And Jesus said to them, Thus it's written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending you the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. And this power from on high is the Holy Spirit who equips us and then sends us out to accomplish this mission. And you all know the famous Acts 1 verse 8. This is, this is our go-for statement. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Okay, great. We got a mission. This has been our mission for 2,000 years. 
But have you noticed we're in the middle of this global pandemic thing? Like, everything has just gotten weird. So, how do we respond? How do we fulfill our mission at this time? I mean, some of us want to pretend like this is Noah on the ark, right? You know, built the ark, they got on board, the rains came, 40 days of rain, and then 110 days hanging out on the ark. What could you do? Nothing. Nothing. There's water all around. All you can do is shelter in place and wait for that water to subside. You know, some of us want to reinvent everything. The way we could do church before is not coming back. So let's throw it all out the window. Let's start fresh. Let's figure out a new way to do this. And some of us want to revolt, start a rebellion, fight against the government. The rights are being squashed. We should be free to meet as a church community. We need to change this and just meet anyways. You know, some of us don't even really know what we want. You know, we're, we're just looking around and going like, I, I, I don't know. Today, tomorrow, maybe later on we'll figure this out. So how are you doing in your pandemic response? Do you, do you have anything to confess? You know, perhaps your attitudes towards the government leaders or maybe even our local church leaders. Maybe there's something there that you need to come clean about. Um, perhaps you're frustrated with God. Um, that he would bring us through a time like this. You know, how are you handling things? And how are you feeling right now? So, so take a moment. Check in with the people that you're watching with. Uh, check in with how you're feeling and, and just how are you responding to this pandemic? Each of us is going to respond in a different way. And for the most part, that's perfectly okay. I mean, there's valid reasons why some people have to shelter in place. Maybe they're immune compromised or dealing with a family member, living with a family member who is. Um, you might be looking after at-risk people. That's okay. Each of us are going to have a different role in this. And for Church of the City, since we don't have our own building and community rentals have not started yet, we're not necessarily restricted by government protocols, but, but just a lack of available rental space. We cannot resume to gather online in person until we have an, an appropriate place that we can gather. But it's also our position at Church of the City that we are to do our best to respect the rules of the government and the health authorities. You know, these current restrictions, they're not in the place to compromise or to limit our freedoms, but they're in there with the people, health authorities, making the best decisions they can in order to keep people safe. And God has told us that there is no authority in place other than the authority that he has put in place. And it's our job to respect those that, that God has placed in, in authority over us. So where does this leave us then? You know, how do we respond? And... I think we, we listened a little bit to what Cam said last week. We pull back. We pull back and we pray and we focus on prayer and petition and we wait expectantly that the Spirit is going to guide us. You know, let's dive into, let's look at our passage for today. You know, starting in verse 10, there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. What's the context for this, here I am, Lord? You know, what's the tone of this response? I 
kind of like to think of it as a football game. I, you know, Matt's brought this up before. I like football. Um, Canadian football, generally. It's been a bad year for Canadian football. But imagine this. You know, you're, you're a second string player. You spent the whole week preparing. You know, you studied the playbook. You've lifted the weights. You've watched the film. You strategized with your teammates. You are fully prepared in order to play the game. And you start the game on the bench. You watch the first half. You know, you see the story of this game unfold. You, you're engaged with your teammates. You're cheering them on. You're, you're talking with them. How's our game plan going? What's working? What's not working? But you're still on the bench. You're still waiting. You're fully prepared, but you're not playing. And then the coach calls your name. How do you respond? Here I am, coach. Put me in the game. And I think that's the context for what Ananias is responding. Here I am, Lord. Put me in the game. Let me date myself a little bit here, but you remember there's this old movie, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You know, there's a teacher at the front. The teacher's doing attendance, and the teacher's up there, Bueller, Bueller. You know, this is not the call. This is not the situation we're in. This is the coach calling out the name of a player who's pacing the sidelines, who's desperately waiting, wanting that call, wanting to put, be put in the game. And when it comes, he's like, here I am. That's, that's the moment that we're in. So Ananias responds. He's heard the task and he's ready to listen. And God says to him, rise, go to the street called Straight. At the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he's praying, and he's seen in a vision a man named Ananias come and lay his hands, hands on him so that he might regain his sight. And, and Ananias is like, what? Okay, go, go to whose house? Go to see what guy? God, are you nuts? Ananias didn't want to do this. He pushes back on God. He complains, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much evil he's done to your saints at Jerusalem and how he has the authority from the chief priest to bind all those who call in your name. See, sometimes we have to be careful what we ask for because, you know, we just might get it, right? Ananias was called to step out and take a big risk. Um, he didn't know what was going to happen but God was calling him forth. God was calling him to a dangerous and uncomfortable task. And regardless of how Ananias felt about it, when God called, he responded. He took that step of faith. He put, he put his situation on the line to go. So Ananias departed, and he entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you can regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. See, I bet you when Ananias woke up that morning, he wasn't thinking about this. He wasn't thinking about this kind of mission. But he was listening to the Spirit, and he was willing to risk his own comfort and security in order to get into the game. When he left his house that morning to go and see Saul, he probably expected that he wouldn't be home for dinner. But consider this for a minute. We got no background on who Ananias is. The only context we have for this guy comes later on when Paul recounts these events in Acts 22. Acts 22.1, Paul tells us that Ananias was a devout man according to the law, well spoken of by all the Jews who lived there. Was Ananias a leader in this newly formed church? Uh, 
you know, was he an important man in the city? Yeah, how long had he been a follower of Jesus? Like, we just don't know. But the lack of detail surrounding Ananias gives us the impression that he was just a regular man who was going about his daily routines when God showed up. So what does that mean for us and how we respond? Well, like Ananias, we too should be seen as devout believers, well spoken of by the community around us. The people that we have contact with should say, yeah, we know those guys, they're good guys. Go hang out with them. We also don't take it upon ourselves to presume our role in all of this. Regular people can be called by God to do great things. And thirdly, we're actively listening to the Spirit and willing to make the necessary sacrifices in order to go forth and accomplish the task. So think again about what we were reminded of last week. How well are you doing at pulling back and spending time with God? How have you been doing with your daily prayer and Bible reading? Are things like your own comfort and security, are they holding you back from saying, here I am, Lord? Reflect with your, with your people you're watching this with for a minute. See, this is a paramount question because if we're going to be on mission for God, we, if we're going to be learning to do like Jesus, we need to learn how to lean into the Spirit for guidance and direction. See, this and this leaning into the Spirit, this doesn't come in the storm. It comes in the quiet. I mean, not all of us are going to be called to step out like Ananias was. Some of us are going to be called to wait, to shelter in place. Some of us are going to be called to small things like Build that relationship with your neighbor. You know, those people that you saw, you know, last year, but they're always here, there, and everywhere. Well, they're, they're probably a home a fair amount more now than they were last year. Strengthen that relationship with those people. Some of you are going to be called to step out in faith in bigger ways. The key thing is that we got to be listening to God and we got to be willing. God is still on his mission and his mission will always include his followers. I mean, how else do we see the Spirit guiding and directing in the book of Acts. Let's look a little further on at one of Paul's uh, journeys. Now I'm going to butcher some names here, so forgive me as I read this, but let's go to Acts 16, uh, verses 6 to 10. And they went through the region of uh, Phaegra and Galatia, and having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia, when they came to Mysa, they attempted to go into Bethania, but the Spirit of Jesus didn't allow them. So, passing by Mysa, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Sorry, it gives me a little bit of chills here, you know. But sure, that was, that was 2,000 years ago. I mean, that was the Apostle Paul. Come on. That doesn't happen today. Are you crazy? But did you watch our sermon from last week? Like, did you hear Cam? Cam told us a story of a vision that a guy that he was witnessing to 
had. This man that Cam was journeying with saw a spirit and the spirit put his hand on Cam and said, listen to this guy, he's speaking the truth. You see, that same spirit that was at work in the life of Paul and in this journey in Acts is still at work today. Now, not all of us are going to see visions. And as, as I discussed in my email to you, uh, to the community a few weeks ago, if you get our weekly emails, the Spirit is going to work in different ways for different believers and in different ways for us at different times in our life. We're not all going to see visions. That's not the only way the Spirit directs us. But the reality is, is that the Spirit wants us in the game. He wants to be interacting with us, and He's going to be with us until the end of the age. Okay, final reflection time. What's your story? When in your life have you felt Jesus call and you responded? You know, perhaps there's a person that you felt compelled to share the good news with, maybe a mission trip that you were led to participate in. And secondly, how long ago was this? You know, your most, your most impactful story might be from a long time ago, but what's your most recent story? How has God been directing you in the past six months? Take a moment to reflect on this with the people you're watching with. If you don't feel like you're being used at this time, maybe you need to ask yourself how open you are to the call. You see, if you're standing still, if you're not active in your prayer life, if you're not digging into God's word, nor are you on the lookout for people to share the good news with, if you're not doing the hard work of being a disciple, but still expecting Jesus to use you in a monumental way, you're gonna be disappointed. Think of riding your bicycle. It's hard to balance and steer your bike when you're stationary. You, when you're not moving, you fall over. Now think of a rudder on a ship. When that ship is in the dock, you can yank that rudder back and forth, nothing's gonna happen. But you give that ship some momentum, now the rudder can steer and guide and direct it. Uh, my friend and our fellow elder, John Gaddy, he said to me a couple weeks ago, he said, I rarely see some God call someone deep into ministry who's not already in ministry. See, no player gets put into the game unless he's been at practice and is fully prepared to play. And if you're not doing the hard work of getting yourself ready, then don't be so arrogant as to think that God's going to put you on the field. Okay, wrapping this up. We remember that the Bible is a unified story of mission. It's God's mission to redeem the world through his son, Jesus Christ. We're partners in this mission. We partner with God in order to move the story forward, which is going to culminate in redemption. Sin and death will be conquered, and the believers are going to live together with God in paradise on a recreated earth. Each of our individual roles and our individual part in this narrative are going to be different. Um, the question is, are we willing to make that ne the necessary sacrifices? Are we willing to endure some suffering in order to advance the kingdom?
What are you willing to sacrifice for the kingdom? Is there something that's holding you back? Maybe kids, finances, friends, security. Is there something that's stopping you from being in the game? See, if we think being a Christ follower costs us nothing, then we haven't been reading our Bible correctly. Along with what little we know about Ananias, consider Peter and John when they were on trial for healing a man in the name of Jesus. Here's the assessment that they received in Acts chapter 4, verse 13. It says, now, now when they, that is the Jewish authorities, saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. And they realized that they, that is Peter and John, had been with Jesus. See, here's the truth, my friends. Participating in stories where people see visions, where people are healed in Jesus' name, being called to preach to the good news to places where it's not been preached, these are not exclusive to pastors and elders and vocationary missions. This should be the common experience of an everyday believer. Let me, let me share with you an excerpt from my own prayer journal. Here's something that I wrote just a month, month and a half ago on August 24th. I said, God, show us how best to put our skills and our resources and energy into serving the Lord. Direct us to redeem people for Jesus. Give us opportunity to minister to the hurting, to the oppressed, to those who need to hear the good news. And we commit what we have to the service of the Lord. And remember how I said, you know, be careful what you ask for? I mean, some of you know, you've heard a bit of our story or all of our story. You know, God's taking us up on this challenge. And next week during reunion, Anita and I are going to be here. We're going to share with all of you the story of, of how God is currently moving us. But let me ask you for this week. Are you willing to pray that kind of prayer? Are you willing to say, God, these are my resources. These are my skills, my talents, my time, my energy, my possessions. I place them into your hands. Direct them for your mission, for your glory. Now, finally, next week. Next week, we're going into overtime with our vision series. Spencer's going to be here. He's going to be talking about covenants. See, each year, our missional communities are made of covenants with each other regarding how they're going to live out as families of disciples on missions for Jesus. Um, but this year, as you know, this year everything is different. And therefore, our covenant response, it also needs to be different. It needs to be changed. Um, but it needs to be applicable not just for those of us who are in missional community, because right now it's kind of hard to get into a missional community. So we're going to refine and adapt our covenant process. So come back next week as Spencer unpacks this for us and uh, figure out how you can make this commitment to be on mission for Jesus. See, we're in the middle of a pandemic, but God is still on the throne, and the Spirit is still at work. And if we truly mean in Guelph as it is in heaven, we're going to need to commit ourselves completely to this mission. You are so loved, my friends. We'll see you next week.